Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Golden Balls podcast. We're going to do a pretty quick one for you today. Uh, this is Saturday morning. It is July 11th. We have had four games in the MLS is back tournament get played so far. We're just going to do a quick little review, both of the games themselves and the fantasy implications. This is not going to be one of these hour and a half long shows, but we're going to talk about the first four games, how they've played, what they mean. I want to talk about our newbie, Brian, actually uh, leading the pack so far, uh, about you know a third of the way through the first group stage. So right after this, we will talk about the first four games of the Golden Balls MLS's back tournament. Okay, welcome back. And we have recurring guest Jeff Medham on the show to talk about the first four games of MLS's back. Jeff, how are you doing today? Hey, Jared. Alrighty, so we've had four games so far. Uh, you can say they've been to varying levels of excitement and, and, and all that good stuff. We had Orlando City 2, Miami 1. We had Philly 1, New York City 0. We had uh, New England 1, Montreal 0. And last night we had Seattle and San Jose playing to a scoreless draw. So, Jeff, it, it just, you know, across the board, what would you say you've kind of seen so far in these four matches? I think the uh, number one thing is that it looks like, you know, your early, you know, assessment or thoughts going into the tournament is more accurate than mine, uh, at least right now. And and by that, I mean, um, most of the uh, the games have been sort of lacking in high quality scoring chances. Um, So, you know, defensive lapses, you know, haven't really, you know, led to a lot of goals, right? It's, it's largely been kind of um, more defensive in, in nature. A lot of sort of lazy shots from outside the box, the, the Lampardian shots, as, as we, we call them, um, which, you know, in terms of the golden balls, does benefit goalkeepers, right? If you can keep your, your shutout and also obviously defenders. So, um, the, you know, that's just the first take is the heat and potentially just the lack of match fitness has, has kept, you know, fewer runs, um, let less possession in the final third. Uh, and that's been pretty obvious. Yeah. And, and it's funny. I actually heard this. I was listening to a different podcast this morning and, and one of the guys whose name I can't remember sadly off the top of my head made a really good point is that, you know, when we watched the first Bundesliga games and the first Premier League matches, there was a lot of like really like disjointed play. And of course those players are better, but that, that you know, the fitness wasn't there and exactly, you know, and all that stuff. And now you have on top of it, you have two factors. And of course we've talked about the heat ad nauseum, right? It's hot as hell. Uh, I mean, the Philly and New York players have both said that like the 9 a.m. game is like, it's almost like too hot even then. You know, some of the guys who have trained that early have said it's just, it's unbearably hot. And, you know, it's obviously very humid at night. But the other thing he said that I didn't really think about is that you have this weird thing where not only are they coming back after not having played for three months after being, you know, in this oppressive heat, but it's also not a league format. Like these games have a little bit more going on. There's more on the line. This isn't just like, you know, one, one in Premier League round 30. And it's like, all right, if you get your point, you're not going to get relegated or whatever else. These players still need to try and win these games to try and advance to the knockout round. And I think to your point about the long distance shots, I think that's what we're seeing, especially late in games where these players are getting tired. You know, they're cramping up a little bit. The subs are coming in trying to make something happen. But you are, as you said, seeing a lot of these long shots that are, uh, you know, they're, they're fantasy catnip for us, but they're, as you said, not going to create those kind of scoring chances. And, you know, you combine that with the fact that in the first 45 minutes you play after three months, you're not going to be at your tip top, you know, kind of technical hundred percent. We have had no goals in the first half. I mean, it's just, it really is, as you said, uh, uh, great for defenders and hopefully, uh, you know, 
objectively that changes in the second and third matches because we'd like to see some more goals certainly early in games i mean i think that would probably be more fun for all of us right yeah and one of the things that i you know you haven't even seen fouls in dangerous positions leading to set piece situations which is sort of you know if a game is kind of trudging along less or even afcon that's when you see a lot of um, goals or chances created, right? Like there just hasn't been enough possession to even lead to, um, to those types of situations. And, you know, even corner kicks, like I remember yesterday, I mean, we were just like laughing at this, this oh, that, San Jose that was player taking, most his, whipping these corners in and just really, really terrible. Uh, and hopefully that, that starts to change as players get more match fit because those are situations where, you know, I don't care if you're, in the MLS or in the Premier League, you, you need to be able to deliver a better ball, which just at least will create, you know, some opportunity. And the other thing I think we've seen, especially as it pertains to the fantasy perspective, is we there's a lot more players that are just that have like these niggling injuries that are not playing that I think we are used to. You know, when we get to the World Cup right. or the Euros, it doesn't matter. These guys are gonna play, you know, these guys could have their legs falling off and they're still gonna try and give it a go. You know, your Champions League finals, not that you know, for fantasy, but like you think about Diego Costa a few years ago that like tries to play in the Champions League final, can only go like 10 minutes. But we have, you know, I know you had Matrita, you know, I am hosting with a migraine and he doesn't play, uh, you know, Jean Paulo for Seattle doesn't play. So we're seeing also a lot of these guys that have these small, like, you know, they probably like could play, but especially given the circumstances or not. And so now you're missing out in each game. You might have two, three guys that normally would be on the field that are that can have some quality and, and can add something. And they're just and they're just not out there. So, you know, again, hopefully as yeah. we get to those second and third matches, these guys, uh, you know, do get back on the field, especially if they're, t- you know, for like Seattle with a Joe Apollo, like they didn't get the win last night. So now that puts a little bit more pressure on them as they play their second and third matches. And I honestly think um, just on that game, that Seattle game, the, the 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 attacking players for Seattle were just totally left on an island, right? I, I think Seattle's big issue was that sort of engine room midfield where Zhao Paolo would usually play. And I, I do think they brought Roldan back in the s- second half, but it was just, there was just nothing Ladero and um, R- um, Raul could do uh, right up front. They were just completely alone. So it was, it was, it was pretty ugly to watch. And, and New York city, I mean, honestly, the, the lack, I know he's my player, but Matricia is like one of their, you know, true uh, could be game breaker players. And they clearly missed him, um, you know, relying on uh, Castellanos and Hebert, like just dumping in these like easy shots that, you know, didn't really do much. And obviously uh, uh, Shraddy was not good either. Um, So I think New York city missed that player. And I think you could say the same thing about Montreal. Again, as we look at our own guys a little bit more closely, you know, I can't count how many times during, especially that, you know, late in that first half or in the second half is where like Montreal would boot it up or like play a pass to, to Bohan and you would see him and a Rudy and there would be like no other Montreal player, like on the television screen. Like they were just, they were, yeah. they were just trying to go like two on five every time and trying to create chances. And I mean, Montreal has probably looked by far the worst of any team of the, of the eight that's played so far. And like, they, they had like, no midfield, like it just, it didn't exist. And you know, in the second half, it got a little bit better for a little bit once they kind of changed their shape a little bit. But we are, you know, as you said, we're seeing this lack of, of midfield uh, fluidity to move the ball from front to back. And as you said, it's a, so they're either turning the ball over in midfield, which we've seen a ton, or, you know, you finally get the ball up to your big guys up top, but there's no support. 
and you're, you know, they're trying to go Correct. still on five and again, you know, and it should be really interesting, obviously tonight, uh, you know, when Atlanta plays the Red Bulls, because those are a couple teams that, you know, New York with the press and getting their midfield involved in Atlanta without Joseph Martinez. It's like, is this just going to be Pity and Barco like on their own going two on five? Right. Is it going to be, you know, Brian White and Danny Royer and Kaku going three on five? Or are we going to like, if that happens, we're just going to see another nil nil or maybe another one nothing. But if you can finally get, you know, uh, something to the to the midfield. I think that's where Columbus is going to be interesting to Washington because they have those guys. They have Nagby and they have, you know, these guys to really shuttle. And can Columbus be that team that really kind of makes it look like real soccer again and not what we've kind yeah. of seen so far? I, I agree if, with everything you said exactly. And I think I'll be interested to see how the Red Bulls play the press and the heat. Like that will be very well, fascinating. And San Jose did it last um, night. And I think they had pretty decent success with it. I think, you know, as you said, we talked yeah, about how Seattle did. really didn't get anything going. And I think part of that is credit goes to San Jose because they did their press. Like they did their, Matias Almeida is going to do the same thing every day. And like, you know, they actually had the better of that game. And even though Seattle certainly had chances to score, you know, San Jose had like 60% possession. They certainly had, I think they had eight shots on target. Not many of them were great, but I mean, they were able to get something going and that really stifled Seattle. Yeah. And look, I mean, fantasy aside, yes, I have a couple of players in Columbia. I know, um, uh, I know Jordan does as well. I just hope they, they just show how much better they are uh, than Cincinnati and, and play a, a great game. Because I want to see one team put on a, a strong and, performance, and, if that makes sense, just for, like, my own well, And that should happen. I mean, since he is, you know, especially with the Wakati injury, you know, you're, and with a new coach who has had an incredibly small amount of time, like, with his team. And, I mean, pretty much the amount of practice time they've had were a couple days in Ohio and whatever they've had in Florida. So, you know, and, and which is not, you know, he might be a great manager down the line, but it's just, it's really hard to believe that they can be very cohesive. So if you think Columbus is anything, and I think most people do, that would certainly be an ability for them to kind of stomp their foot, uh, you know, on this tournament, you know, and, and maybe Philly's probably been as looked pretty good, but other than that, it hasn't been. Yeah. yeah, even yeah. Then I mean, I thought Philly looked okay, but it, the goal was just sort of a right. bounce around fell to the guy. It wasn't like a, you know what I mean? It was just sort of, to me, that game, New York City probably was a little better, to be honest. They had they had more chances. Both Iber and Castellanos both had, you know, I, one was a good save on Iber, but the, the Castellanos had four shots on goal. I mean, he's just got to do better if he's a striker, I think. Um, but yeah, and then, of course, the other guy, Stroh's guy, a defensive midfielder scores, um, and that just shows you the sort of uh, randomness of, of yeah. So let's bring balls. this around, like to finish up, because since I don't think we're full tactical geniuses, let's talk about the fantasy aspect. And it is early, but our newbie Brian, who has had oh, it looks like seven guys go so far, is in the lead. He has forty six, and the reason he has forty six points is to uh, your you know the aforementioned Andre Blake of the Union, who I think had like what like six saves or seven saves, something like that. Is you know New York peppered it late. I mean, he had also he had a couple fantastic saves. That's you know I think that's the, yeah, that's the performance of the tournament so far. He also got an assist in a couple of shots out of you know his early round pick Harley Skill, who of course we said on this podcast we thought you know great player a little too early, but New England gets a big three points against Montreal. The format's now changed where we don't have to worry about that third place group A fourth place maybe thing where it's evened out a little bit and you know that pick in one game you know twelve points in one game and and really New England with a draw essentially at this point is going to the knockout stage. So that pick already paying off in quick spades uh, for Brian. 
And, uh, you know, and again, he, he went a little big on Philly. They get that big clean sheet against New York, which is the hardest group stage match they're going to play. And, you know, I, Brian's looking a little up from even where he was a week, you know, five days ago when we actually had a draft. I think Brian's uh, start is sort of like a dream start. Gr- you know, great to get the, the points from your defender. Um, Inter-Miami disappointment kind of think they needed that win against Orlando. Yeah. And, you know, that was one of the teams I, I was not high on going in. And, and so that that's a big loss and they'll now have to play a desperate New York city and then a pretty good Philly team. So th- that, that could be, you know, losses there, but it doesn't matter as long as he keeps a strong core. Uh, if Philly makes a nice run, he's got a good keeper. I, I like we said, Gil's a great player and, and looked like one of the best players to play so far along with, uh, the striker whose name I can't pronounce, Boo or whatever his name oh, is. Oh yeah, he was, he was so very good. Yeah, yeah, those two uh, were those two were the capes where they those two were pretty much the only ones, and they still manufactured the goal. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, exactly. They were the best players in the whole tournament so far for me. Um, and so, so good, good on Brian. Good start. Long way yeah. to go, obviously, and and we'll see how the rest of his players um, this round, um, you know, pull together. Because I think you know he's he's hoping Nahar starts. For example, for LAFC, I think that's a sort of 50-50 toss-up. Um, you know, so we'll just have to see how, how the rest of the round comes around, but good, good stuff. Yeah, and, sure. and, you know, he still has Piotti for Toronto, which he's going to have to start in midfield. And then from there, he obviously has... Right, and, and Piotti might not, might well, not right, start, yeah. right? I mean, as we've discussed, we just don't know because he's, he's new and, and I know that there's high expectations. And by the way... Maybe it's better if he doesn't start. Comes yeah, off I mean, in the second he, half, with fresh yeah, legs, yeah, right? especially you know if you kind of, if you if the choice is taken out of your hands, you might as well you know whatever kind of works. We got Kayla in second right now with twenty nine, and again this comes down to the goalie, right? So you have Stefan Fry Correct. also pulls off. I mean, tw- like you know Blake gets twenty one points in a shutout win. Stefan Fry gets twenty one in a draw. So I mean that's how, you know he made eight saves and obviously had the draw. And and Kayla actually pulled it perfectly. because she had Lima on San Jose, and the zero zero draw in a way is actually defensively at least it's the best of both worlds um, where she gets, you know, she gets yeah. points on both ends. You know, she has 29. She's only had four people play, uh, but again, only one of them has really done anything so far that will change more. For yeah. Her. She'll, she'll be disappointed in Morris again. He was totally oh, left he was, on an island. It was so invisible. hard to, yeah. And totally invisible. I think he put in the work. Um, you know, he looked a little banged up at the yeah. end as well. So, uh, you know, hopefully he's fine. And then I think Buxa was overshadowed. Well, by and Buxa, Bo, I, so. mean, I mean, Buxa, if you remember, that he had one play where he was just inches away. There was that ball right yeah, near the far was. post, and he slid. I mean, he, he so pulled just, just a little out of reach. And of course, you know, fine. We always talk about fine margins, and that's you know, that's when you start compiling things late for later on in the tournament when you're close to winning. That's going to be one of those where she might look back and be like, "Bye, if I just had those eight points or those, you know, or whatever." Well, you know, you start right. to do that, well, you, you do. go and, crazy. But, and that's, that. that's what we do. So, you know, I'm just saying that's an early one where, you know, I got the immediate text on that one saying, oh, like, how did that, you know, that close. So <laughs> Exactly. You're... Well, so this is a big game for her tonight. Uh, she'll want to see the Red Bulls do well. Yeah, that's where it's – we'll get to me last. But because I'm obviously, I've only had a couple guys go so far. But, yeah, I mean, it's, she, has the, uh, she has no decision to make. She has, a, you know, quite a few Red Bulls players. I think, what, three, three or four? Four of them looks like so – you know, they'll obviously have to have to start for her, at least some of them. Um, but again, you know, she also has Zardis tonight as well. And, and another crew defender who may or may not start. So if she can get a couple starts out of them as well, you know, that could be where she sets herself and gets a good, decent round. Uh, you're sitting in third right now. You got 28 points. So you got six players, which is, I know to you, not ideal. Um, and you obviously got hurt because New York City took that that loss. What would you what would you say about your own performance so far? 
it's sort of like the bare minimum of like sort of what you're okay with. I mean, I'm getting points from all my players. Um, I, but you know, the lack of scoring means I, I haven't had that kind of home run yet. And obviously if it's a zero, zero draw in New York, instead of a one, nothing loss, then there's a lot more points on the board for me there. Um, but it, you know, sort of is what it is. Hibbert could have scored. He he played okay in the second half. He was good at holding the ball up and was probably the only player they had who could actually go through the center. Um, but you know, he, he would have liked to see them score. It, it's fine. It's not great. It, but you know, the, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and I, you know, I think there's a chance that Santos and Zillarian can can do pretty well against Cincinnati. Obviously, it sounds like Josie will not start for Toronto. I'll be surprised if he does. So Pozuelo likely will be the, the you know the false um, nine there. Um, so good chances to pick up points from those three. And then you know we'll see what I do. I might go with four in the back and play both Meza and Mavinga. Um, depend you know just based on the trend, right? I mean, uh, usually I like to play more attackers, but until I can you know see that there's going to be more goals. Right. I might might lean towards more defenders and try to get some more points that way. So it's fine, Jared. I, I hopefully I end this first round above fifty points, which wouldn't be a disaster, and you know just keeps you in the mix because I think that's really what you want in the first round is is to just stay. Absolutely. In the mix. All right, and uh, let's see. We got in fourth place. We got Josh on twenty two, and Josh is the one that's uh, winning worst GM so far. Right? Not that he has a bad team or anything, but he's had two of the uh, two situations where he had a defender on each team going against each other and he's, you know, he's kind of taken the strategy of pick one of, you know, pick one to, to you know, trust your, trust whichever team to win. Uh, he took Moderita over Jack Elliott. Obviously Philly wins one, nothing. So that cost him a seven points last night. Not as big a deal. He had Alanis for San Jose, Ariaga for Seattle and Ariaga picked up a yellow card. So it was four versus five, but he's kind of left, you know, eight points on the bench right there. But again, nothing, nothing. And, and by the way, just on area, on Ariaga, I made the point that I thought Ariaga was was the weaker of the the center backs, and, and I I can say after last night, I think that's a hundred percent true. So uh, we'll see. But I thought um, Gomez Andrade was a much better player of the two, and I'm interested to see if the if they bring in um, that other guy at some point because um, Ariaga looked a little bit like a liability to but, me. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. But again, at least he has these other guys starting as a fallback. If you know. And he also had Andrew Farrell, who would have started for New England, who was banged up and didn't play. And that cost him a seven, you know, arguably cost him seven points as well. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's only had four guys go. And Bo, with his 18 points, is why he is where he is. Uh, looks like he has a pretty quiet night ahead of him tonight. Actually, he has Atlanta goalies, so that might that could be a big one. And he also has Emerson Hyman, probably. So we'll see where that goes. Then we go down to, yeah. let's see, we got two tied at 17. So we'll go in alphabetical order. We got Gord with 17. He's had five guys play, and he's the only person so far who's actually had a negative point score with Tinnenholm. And uh, the New York City FC thing did not work first time out. He got four shots out of Castellanos. Uh, other than that, I mean, he's you know his guys have really not done anything yet. Rui Diaz quiet last night. Uh, Weirdum, you know, played well, but you know, again, just the five points for the zero zero. Tajuri, as you mentioned earlier, didn't particularly have a great one. So, you know, he's he hasn't had his moment either where he's had anybody really step up. Agreed. He's still got a couple, um, you know, of his big guns to go. I think if LAFC has a good outing, then, you know, he, he might turn it around with the goalies, Blockman and obviously uh, Twesta and right. Kay both in the midfield. And then, he, you know, I'd be interested to see what happens with Real Salt Lake because you and I 
didn't really know what to make of them. So it'll be, you know, if they come out and they look good, if they look like a team that that's pretty good, then he'll feel good about that. And I just don't think we know what we have yet. With that. And then the other uh, person on 17 is Stroh, but Stroh has done it in a much better way. He's only had one guy play. So, you know, obviously per person, uh, you know, uh, Stroh is, is kind of leading that charge with Bedoya's game-winning goals for 17 points. You know, he's had a couple guys not play due to injury, which has hurt him. Had a couple other guys, um, you know, not come into subs. But he didn't start McKenzie. He, did, he didn't trust Philly 100%. So he didn't get the seven points out of there. And, you know, he's obviously banking on Toronto uh, against DC United, which is going to be played tomorrow morning. And so if, you know, if Toronto shows up and, and does the business tomorrow, you know, Stroke could be looking at, you know, a pretty big round uh, for himself right here. Yeah, I just, I wouldn't, I'm not making any assumptions No, no of anymore, course not. You know, <laughs> like I, I agree. I mean, if Toronto plays well, I have high hopes for them because I just want to see a good team and I like Toronto, but we'll see. He'll be happy if, if they come out and play well. And, you know, if they get a one nothing win or something like that, that could be huge for him as well. Now, if they give up a single goal, uh, then, you know, he's going to be frowning. So if it's a two, one win or a one, one tie or something like that, he, he won't be as happy, obviously. Um, and we'll see what he does with LAFC right. again because he is a he is going to have one of their attackers. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Stro, Stro's uh, probably going to start Mokhtar against um, for Columbus as well. So he's got a lot to go, and it could be a great round. All right, him. and next to last, but again, this is not a result of anything other than only having one player. We got Jordan sitting on ten points. He had rolled on, who actually, besides the goalies, ended up being the quote unquote star of that game last night. That zero zero, if for no other reason than again because. Uh, he got a few shots on goal. Um, as you said, they were a little bit Lamparty in the nature or from distance. I don't think that Wildon specifically had a great chance in the game. I think he had the one in the first half that was pretty good. But his other shots, you know, his other two shots were nothing special. But again, he's only had one guy. Uh, he has, I believe, as of now, he has slotted in those Columbus goalies to, to start tonight. Um, mm -hmm. And a couple of their defenders as well. So, you know, if he, if Columbus again can do as as you would expect them to do under normal circumstances, uh, there can be quite a few points in it for him tonight. And but yep. again, ten points out of Christian Roldan off the bat, absolutely no complaints. He can pretty, be pretty, yeah, that's pretty good. He'd be happy. You can with take that. that every day out of a player. Um, and then finally, I'm I'm sitting there in last with two points. I've had two guys play, and again, as we talked about, Montreal just I didn't understand what they did tactically. Um, if you know. Most people don't remember this, and if you don't follow Twitter, you don't follow the league very closely. Montreal played New England in one of the first two games of this year, and they ran a route like through them. Like they just they played. You you wouldn't imagine it could possibly be the two the same two teams on the field. I don't understand what Henri was doing in the first half. He got a little bit better in the second half when he brought brought Gillard on until uh, until New England scored, and then they just fell apart again. And that was really disappointing not just for me for fantasy wise, because, you know, I only got one shot at the two guys, but it just, it didn't make sense because that's not how they played earlier this year. And with their last well, two games coming you know, up, we just, you know, it's, it's not good news for them. We talked about uh, before on uh, the last one and the preview, the, this idea that does the, the first two games of the season matter at all when you're separated by three, three or four months and, you know, just completely different situations and for Montreal, clearly, it did not it did not hold up. So it'll be interesting to see how Minnesota, Kansas City, 
uh, Salt Lake, those, those teams that started pretty, pretty, uh, pretty strong, right. To see if it holds <laughs> up. I mean, Credit to uh, New York City. They continued their excellent streak of losing one nothing. Yeah, but, you know, and, and that's where it gets me because, again, San Jose played their system. And even though they were underdogs and even though, you know, you would have picked Seattle to beat them, they hung tough. Montreal changed their strategy. And to me, the, like the combination of having these months off and then trying something new really makes no yeah. sense. And so, you know, when you look at Sporting KC or Minnesota, whether teams have played well or not, are they going to play their system? Or are they going to try and get cute? Yeah, teams. It's you have to hope they show up playing the way they can play. That, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, especially in a ter- tournament format, if you're if you're really trying to win the tournament, um, not taking too many chances seems to seems to make. So sense. I mean, you know, and you might not win, right? You might not get the. But what, what Montreal did, especially given the fact that you would have thought that New England was the team in the group that they would have the best chance of beating to get to those four points and get to the knockout and to have that. And now they have to go play Toronto. And so, you know, did Tier? Yeah. And they, yeah, if they, if they play like they oh, they're going to get washed out of this thing, like a team with, you know, I know, you know, like Michael Bradley, I, I, the reason I think Toronto hopefully will play well is because I, I have faith that Michael Bradley will be good in the midfield at least and, and won't, you know, will bring some fluidity to, to that. And, so we'll, we'll see, but I, they'll get washed yeah. by Toronto. If they so like. that's about that. You know, as I said, obviously I'm big on sporting KC. They have their big game in the group against Minnesota. So I'm kind of in my own head preparing for the fact that after this round, I will be in last. Um, I also have a bunch of Atlanta guys. They're playing the Red Bulls who I have, you know, that that's going to be a competitive game. So I'm, you know, I'm prepared to know that after this uh, first round, I'm, I might not be doing so hot, but whereas some people are getting their easier games in their first game, I'm actually hopeful that, you know, a sporting KC moves through this thing, gets more comfortable, and then they play Colorado and they play Salt Lake, or the weaker, you know, you would consider to be the third and fourth teams in those groups compared to Minnesota. But as they get comfortable, hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for that bigger push a little bit later on, and I just have to be patient and not lose my mind too much as I look at the standings and realize I'm sitting in last place. That's kind of where I am on Minnesota. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and like, New York City has right. the same thing, right? I mean, they're going to play the two Florida teams. Uh, and, and their schedule, Philly, and their schedule will change on top of it. You know, like, they, they, they weren't necessarily always going to play the same two teams that they're playing now, that Chicago's gone and everything else. So, you know, with that A and B, right. and then we talked about on the pre on the review show where I said I just didn't touch A and B because I didn't know what was going on. Now it looks like, you know, taking guys from New York City and Philly look better than they did when Chicago was still in that group. Uh, certainly because, you know, Miami and Orlando both are not great teams. And, and now Chicago kind of gets put in B where things might be a little bit tougher. Yeah. All right. Well, I do want to thank you, Jeff, for coming on. We spent about 25 minutes on this one, which is a little bit longer, but not too long. I think we actually managed to keep brevity, you know, somewhat uh, intact here. And, uh, you know, as we move through this tournament, I'm sure you'll be on again to talk more about these MLS uh, is back matches. So thanks again to Jeff for being on the show with me today. All right. Talk to you later. See ya.